Welcome back to 2,439 Days. I am your very thankful host, Derek Streeter. Over the first three episodes, we got a glimpse into the day I lost my brother Tim to suicide and recapped my experiences with the first two stages of grief, shock and denial. Today, we will explore the third stage of grief, bargaining. There are two words that epitomize the bargaining stage of grief better than any others. Those two words are, what if? Bargaining is yet another way that we postpone our anger and depression after a significant loss. We create all of these different scenarios in our heads, wishing to either go back in time or to make a deal with a higher power to reverse their cruel decision. In the case of a loss to suicide, bargaining and guilt go hand in hand. I will try to keep this episode focused mostly on bargaining, but there may be some crossover. I had been having a very difficult time coming up with content for this episode, but sometimes life throws you something unexpected and you can't help but wonder if things truly do happen for a reason. I want to preface this part of the episode by letting all of my listeners know that I'm kind of obsessed with the TV show Survivor. I love everything about it. The challenges, the social dynamic, the deception. It is my dream to one day participate on Survivor. I will be submitting audition videos until it happens. Believe that. Recently, I was approached about playing an online version of Survivor Marquesas. That's season four of the show, which was Boston Rob's first season, for those of you who didn't know. If you don't know who Boston Rob is, shame on you. Anyways, I happily accepted this invitation and became a part of the Mara Amu tribe. We competed in challenges as a tribe, searched for hidden immunity idols, and even participated in live tribal councils over Zoom. A very, very cool experience for a fan of the show. I was bonding with my tribe mates, strategizing game moves, and really trying to immerse myself in the fantasy world that had been created. I was trying to play how I would really play if I got to do the real thing. A quick shout out to Corinne for not only allowing me to geek out, but for living vicariously through me as I played. You wouldn't believe the excitement we had when I found an idol. It was crazy. Corinne printed out a picture of it and hung it on her fridge. Safe to say that we were invested in this online game of Survivor. I had an immunity idol, I helped orchestrate a blindside, and I was surviving tribal councils. All things that I can only dream of doing on the real show. As the game progressed, I made the merge, and I was sitting pretty. Or so I thought. In true Boston Rob fashion, I got voted out at the first tribal council after merge. Not only did I get voted out, I got blindsided with an idol in my pocket, one position short of making the jury. If you watch the show, you know how devastating that is. If you don't watch the show, you probably think I'm a way bigger nerd than you had previously thought. Anyways, I bowed out as gracefully as I could, and immediately the what-ifs started running amok in my head. I didn't want to believe that that had actually happened. My first ever semi-real survivor experience was over, and it was hard to come to terms with. What if I had played that idol to save myself, 
Could I have won? We will never know. It's a lot like life. So many wild things happen, and you wonder how different your situation would be if you had only made one small change. Before we move on, I want to say thank you to Jake, the host of that awesome Survivor game that is still taking place. You allowed me to kind of live out a dream, so I very much appreciate you. I also want to say thank you to the friends I made in the game who took the time to listen to the previous episodes of this podcast, and hopefully this one as well. Lastly, I want to give a special shout out to Carly, who left me with this analogy of grief. Grief is an ocean. Sometimes it's calm, and other times it feels like the swells could pull you under and drown you. If you've listened to the previous episodes of 2,439 Days, you know that I love my grief is like an ocean comparisons. So thank you for that, Carly. It fits in well. Good luck to those of you who are still fighting for the title of Soul Survivor. Know that I'll be very jealous of whoever wins. When it comes to bargaining in the aftermath of losing Tim, I think back on a phone call with Tim four days before he died. He had called to ask if I was free to hang out, as he was close to downtown. I let him know that I was at work and that I would probably be off around 11 p.m. I suggested that he come into the bar and we could hang out when I was done. The idea of Tim sitting in a bar for a couple of hours was not very likely. He was not really a drinker, and he definitely wasn't one for small talk with strangers. He was clearly a bit disappointed as he ended the call with something to the effect of, it's all good, hopefully we can hang out soon. I think back on that call often. Tim didn't call me to hang out on a regular basis, and he was hardly ever downtown. I have to imagine now that he was calling because he needed someone to lift him up. What if I had taken that attempt to hang out more seriously? I may not have been able to get the rest of my shift covered, but I could have tried. What if I worked harder to convince him to come in and wait for me? Or what if I had offered instead to hang out the next day before work? Sadly, we won't ever know what would have come from those alternate realities. I didn't see Tim after that call. What a horrible way to leave things. The guilt I experienced from this lasted a very long time. I still feel a bit guilty at this very second, despite the fact that I have now accepted his death. I don't think that will ever go away entirely. I never felt like that missed opportunity to hang out was the reason Tim decided to take his own life. But I will always wonder if the outcome could be different if we were able to hang out that night. I dream up this amazing conversation where we both vent and let everything out. And that conversation, despite being filled with tears and a lot of emotion, ends with a big hug and a couple of I love yous. That scenario was a possibility, but it didn't happen. There are endless possibilities of what could have happened that night. Bargaining will dream up all sorts of scenarios that result in a much more favorable outcome. Unfortunately, nothing will bring Tim back. In the midst of grieving, I didn't want to believe that. But after all of this time, I have accepted it. Another thing I ponder is, 
What if our family never moved to Colorado? What if Tim grew up in Saugus, Massachusetts instead? How different would his life have turned out? It truly is crazy to think about. It's natural to wonder the answers to these types of questions when you consider anyone on the planet. How many forks in the road have you come to in your life? You could drive yourself mad by thinking of the alternative realities you could have created. And how about that age-old question, nature versus nurture? It has been an argument for a very long time. Which one is more important? I don't think there will ever be a definitive answer. There are so many variables at play. Humans are meant to be dreamers. We will always wonder how much different our lives could be. I think the best option is to understand how you got to where you are and figure out how to continually improve that position. Avoid the mistakes that set you back. Reflect on the things you did to better your situation and incorporate those things into your life more often. Make the most of the life that you are living. Don't focus on where your life went wrong. Focus on what you can do now to make things right. As sad as it is, I think Tim consistently chose to focus on what was going wrong in his life instead of all the good things he had. That's the most obvious difficulty when dealing with mental illness. The clear skies that are easily observable for some of us are lying at the far end of a vicious storm for others. What if I had tried to navigate that storm with him when he needed my help? I guess I just didn't understand what he was going through. I may preach on this a lot, but it's a reminder that many need to hear on a regular basis. Be compassionate to those who are having a hard time, because one day it might be you. I often said to Tim, why can't you just be happy with what you have? Maybe I should have been saying, how can I help you see that your life isn't so bad? These two questions may sound pretty similar, but there is quite the difference in the tone. One of them is much more sympathetic. If only I had known then what I know now, I think maybe I could have had some more productive conversations with my brother. After many bargaining efforts, I decided that I needed to do something more productive. I had been pleading with the universe to take it easy on me, to give me a reason to smile again. I thought, if I make a pledge to live my life with an emphasis on positivity, will the universe reward me? I like to think so. I came up with a life motto, one that I intended to live out my days under. The motto I had dedicated myself to is going to be very familiar to most of you listening. Give good, get good. Tim died in April of 2015, and with the exception of the birth of my niece Eileen in September, the rest of the year was pretty rough. The world seemed like a very unhappy place. I was in my own little dark cloud, and it seemed that every time I paid attention to the news, they were reporting on a shooting or terrorist attack of some form. I wanted the aura around me to change, so I figured I would give it a real good kick in the butt. I came up with a logo and designed t-shirts. A reminder to anyone who saw these shirts that karma was real. If you put good into the world, you would get good back. This became my rallying cry. I wanted so badly to influence the world around me, and this was my best solution. Be the positive force.
Inspire those around you to be kind, to be uplifting, and to be sunshine in human form. I sold some shirts to friends and family, but it failed to spread far beyond my inner circle. That didn't deter me, though. I continued to improve the logo and finally buckled down and made a website. Give Good, Get Good was finally out there for the world to see. I even made it into the newspaper of my hometown, Arvada, Colorado. Once my article appeared in the Arvada Press, sales spiked quickly. So much so that my account was overdrawn because I had to pay for all of the apparel up front. That was pretty crazy. Now, I'm not saying that I was selling millions, but I did sell over $1,000 in a couple of days. That's not too shabby. I guess my message was one that resonated with people, at least with people a few degrees of separation from me. This truly did reinforce my belief that you can control the aura around you. I don't put as much effort into Give Good Get Good these days, but the website is still up and I'm still selling merch every once in a while. Since 2017, I've committed to donate 50% of my profits at the end of the year to Children's Hospital Colorado. I wanted to focus less on making money and more on making a difference. I make a conscious effort to wear something 4G related every couple of days. It got me out of a very dark time. I encourage anyone listening to influence the vibes around you. Put good vibes out constantly because they will attract some wonderful people. Don't stay in that dark cloud. Find something to act as your own personal sunshine. It worked for me. The website is listed in the episode description if any of you want to check out the gear that I currently have available. As wonderful as it was for me to dedicate my life to a positive mindset, it's prudent to remind my younger listeners that no matter how positive you are, negative things will happen in life. These things will hardly ever be a direct result of your behavior. It's unfortunately just the way life works. You have to experience darkness in order to appreciate the light. Don't let the negativity of the world bring you down. When you start to notice that life has been a bit more difficult recently, do what you can to push things back in a positive direction. The main lesson I want my listeners to learn today is to avoid focusing on what you could or should have done. At this stage in our lives, time machines are not available. We cannot go back and change things to a preferred reality, and even if we could, who knows what kind of consequences we would suffer by changing just one little thing. If you haven't seen the movie The Butterfly Effect, time to go check it out. It's a good one. It's completely natural to wonder what you could have done differently, but it will only torment you. I learned this the hard way. I said in the first episode that guilt was the hardest stage for me to overcome. And like I said earlier in this episode, bargaining and guilt go hand in hand. The guilt I experienced was suffocating. It kept me awake at night. I would have done anything to eliminate those thoughts from my head. I hope that makes it easier to understand why our brain uses tactics like denial and bargaining to evade the biggest hurdles, anger and depression. I like to give you my thoughts and then use excerpts from articles that help me because hearing both makes it so much more relatable. Grief.com says, 
that after a loss, bargaining may take the form of a temporary truce. What if I devote the rest of my life to helping others? Then can I wake up and realize this has all been a bad dream? We become lost in a maze of if-only or what-if statements. We want life returned to what it was. We want our loved one restored. We want to go back in time, find the tumor sooner, recognize the illness more quickly, stop the accident from happening. If only, if only, if only. Guilt is often bargaining's companion. The if onlys cause us to find fault in ourselves and what we think we could have done differently. We may even bargain with the pain. We will do anything not to feel the pain of this loss. We remain in the past, trying to negotiate our way out of the hurt. When you are going through this stuff, use your resources. Know what you are up against and why you may be feeling the way you are feeling. I didn't read articles like this when I was in the thick of it, and I really wish I had. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. Although the topic is a difficult one, there are so many resources out there. Educate yourselves while you are grieving. It will provide clarity. You wouldn't want to take a test without studying your homework. Trust me, I tried that a couple times in college, and it did not go well. If you don't want to rely on online articles, books, or magazines, and you're not quite ready for therapy, try to talk to a family member or friend that has been through their own loss. It's not always easy to talk about, but most who have been through it will definitely be open to lending support. Remember always, give good, get good. When it comes to Tim, there will always be what-ifs. As long as the bargaining and guilt doesn't take over your life, I think it's okay to wonder from time to time. I have found that once I accepted Tim's death, those thoughts haven't crossed my mind nearly as much. I do really miss him, and doing this podcast overwhelms me at times. I wouldn't change a thing, though. I have a picture of him hovering over me as I record. I like to think that he would be proud of me for sharing my story. What if he is up there somewhere, bragging to his new friends about having a podcast in his honor? There I go again. Sometimes the what-ifs will make you smile, and smiling is what we need, not only after losing someone we love, but something that we need all of the time. Find those smiles, and if you have to, create them. You can do it. That's going to wrap things up for today. I hope you enjoyed my super dorky survivor story. If any of you know someone on the survivor casting team, hook a brother up. (laughs) I've been trying to mix in some more light with the dark, so I hope you have noticed. I am always here if you need someone to listen or provide advice. Nothing would make me happier. I will always do my best to help people, especially those who support me. So feel free to reach out. Rate this podcast five stars if you like it. Follow 2,439 Days on Instagram and Facebook and share with your friends and family. At Give Good Get Good has pages too, if you feel so inclined. I'm not pushy. I'll take what I can get. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Give good, get good, and be good. Adios.
This episode and every episode of 2,439 Days is dedicated to my family. You're all so much stronger than you'll ever know. In fact, you're street or strong. Love you all.